You found it. The home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 112, 112 of the Patriot Review. It is my honor and my pleasure to be here with you once again. Um, my shirt, if you can see it, says, Sorry, I gave my mask to an illegal alien. Uh, these are obviously not timely anymore because um, we're not wearing masks anymore. But one of the things I was thinking about before this episode, I noticed a commercial on a local radio station talking about, you know, it's supposed to be a funny commercial, but it was saying, oh, you know, they can make us um, wear shirts. They can make, make us wear shoes, you know, the old shoes, socks, whatever, the the signs that used to be in front of the uh, front of the doors for most of the stores that you go into, um, but they also included the, in there they can wear they can make us wear masks, which you know made me think. Okay, so here we have these this advertisement just kind of just kind kind of going on with this mindset that we have to listen to the big voice, we have to listen to the the government that tells us what to do. And the whole concept is what I'm getting to comes down to freedom. And we don't talk about freedom in detail like we used to. We don't talk about the idea of freedom. So today I want you to write down some very simple words if you can, or at least keep these words in your mind. And the words are, we are in a wartime footing. We are in a wartime footing. Now, why is that? I'm not talking about... um, Conventional warfare. I'm not talking about the military per se, although I do think that the the occupant of the White House is really going to push us over the cliff, and I do think that we will be in a war uh, before before the elections um, in 24. And I hope I'm wrong on that, but I just believe that based on what I'm seeing around the world and what other people are saying, people that I trust. Uh, you know, it looks like we could be on the verge of, frankly, World War III. All right, so let's put that aside. Let's talk about what wartime footing means for the purpose of this show, and what do I mean by we don't talk about freedom enough. So when you have a government that can make you wear masks or require you to give to take a shot that that now we know is well, we've known for a long time that it's a bioweapon. We see the injuries as a result of it. We see our Orwellian uh, government are making us feel as if we're living in 1984. So part of the problem, I think, and I'd love to know what you think, you can you can comment on this or you can email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. Uh, you know, what I, what I think the issue is, is that we haven't really done a good job of educating our kids on the basics of America. We don't talk about the basics of America anymore. Um, so what I did is I pulled, I pulled uh, some real simple examples from from YouTube, some compilations of one of my favorite presidents, which is Ronald Reagan, and he was a master you know, of incorporating the ideals and ideas idea of America in his speeches and we haven't had anybody like him since really i mean not only was he a great order but he was also a firm believer in freedom another thing we don't talk about is individual liberty and we are seeing across the country individual liberty being destroyed whether it's the school moms who are naughty enough to actually care what their kids are being taught, having the FBI raid their homes, whether it's President Trump and his indictment and this ridiculous uh, DA that really should, in my opinion, be doing jail time for what he's what he's involved in in this this whole thing. Um, but the the whole concept of the individual and individual liberty has also not been talked about much. So freedom. Individual liberty, uh, our God-given rights. We, religion, as you know, is has been drilled out of the schools, and uh, Christians are being persecuted, and we see that in 
<laughs> the media, I think the media are the biggest and most evil uh, co-conspirators in this game to destroy America in the name of globalism. And, you know, I think that it's evident when we see the shooter in Nashville, we see all references to that person being trans and all references to how the rhetoric probably drove that person to do what they did. Uh, and they're the left. The, those are the people that are guilty of this. Um, it's not the it's not the far right individual who goes shooting up schools and everything else. Us people on the right, we know that what the problem is relates to the destruction of the family. And who's that been done by? That's been done by the left. In particular, the media in Hollywood has really done a good job destroying the family. But um, I've mentioned on my show a number of times, I believe that that uh, when feminism was um, really gaining ground and, and strong in the 70s, I think the government had, took that as an opportunity to almost, well, to change our society and force more than one person to have to be out of the home and, and work. And I think they used it as an income opportunity. And that's something, a, a topic we could... Uh, we could uh, you know spend days on but so again the, the today today's show is we are on a wartime footing that's what i want you to remember because some of the things that i'm going to show you some of the talks some of the speeches you know they reference war but if you take this mindset that we are at war internally that the enemy that we're talking about in these clips are the enemies of freedom within our own borders. And I wonder what Reagan would have said about this struggle and what we're seeing within our own country. Now, one famous Wisconsin senator, uh, McCarthy, who is laughed at, joked about, he happened to be absolutely correct that the government and our institutions were being uh, infiltrated by communists. Now he could have went at could have went at another way possibly, um, but I I don't think that that it, what he did was wrong because I don't think that when you have internal enemies taking over your institutions and trying to destroy your your uh, country that you have to play ball nice and I think. Uh, you know, I don't want to violate people's rights, just like we don't like our rights violated, but we certainly don't just sit down and shut up. And that's that's us. That's you and me. We don't shut up. We don't sit down and shut up. And we don't do that because we are soldiers in this war. And that's what we are. All of us are soldiers, and we need to have the mindset that we are on a wartime footing. So when I play these things, I want you to keep that in mind and, and think of them from that that uh, perspective. So first, what I wanted to do was uh, not show a Reagan clip, but actually listen to a Paul Harvey clip. Paul Harvey was a, a somewhat um, conservative, I would say, uh, individual who was on the radio. You might have heard him when you were growing up. He was very, very popular, and he had a lot to say about what was going on during his time. And um, so I want to play that. And... This is from 1967, I believe, and maybe you've heard it. Um, but he, people refer to this as "If I Were the Devil." That's the that's what the, the talk has been named. But I want you to listen to this, and and from the perspective of wartime footing, because everything that he mentions has come true. And I think when they call us extremists, they uh, probably called him an, an extremist for saying what he said. But it was it was prophetic what he was saying, and when we look at it today, we can really see that that's the truth. So I'm going to play that right now for you. If I were the devil, I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd submit the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. 
And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect the discipline of notions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want it until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What will you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun. But what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. So, again, that was back in the 60s, and I think we, we'd all agree that those are the, exactly the things that we have personally seen in our daily lives and seen our country uh, impacted by. And each of those specific attacks on the founding principles of our nation has led to where we are today. One of the slides in that video has a, the term socialism on it, and basically what it says is, a government that's powerful powerful enough to give you everything you need is powerful enough to take it away. And that's where we're headed. That's the 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 discussion about the our freedoms are being eroded and uh as Rahm Emanuel famously said, let no crisis go to waste, let no good crisis go to waste as if a good crisis is good. Uh but that is the mentality. That is the thinking that our internal enemies have that they are going to use COVID, for example, to reduce the population as is one of their stated goals, right? The World Economic Forum stated goals. You can go to their website. You can find this information on their website. Uh, it's in writing. It's in Agenda 2030 in the UN. You can see, you can see how this um, destruction of mankind, destruction of freedom, destruction of individual liberty, in the name of environmentalism is part of this overall objective. So we have a very, very dangerous uh, future in store for us. And it makes the 2024 election the most important election in the history of the world, quite literally, because we are at the precipice of, of, a, of a cliff. We are... <laughs> We, we have to either stand up and be soldiers in, in addressing this and fight against this internal war. And I'm not talking about violence. Um, however, someday, I believe that they will push us into violence. That is what they want. They want to do that. So we have to stand up and use legal channels and do what we can do and fight against the internal enemies on our own. Stop supporting them by paying them. They're corporatists. They're corporatism. It's fascism. And I say it a hundred times. Uh, I've said it a hundred times since this show began that fascism, fascism is a product of the left, not the right. 
because anarchy is the right. Absolutely no government. So the far right is is not fascism. That would be the far left, the total control by government. So anyway, the, the point is that um, we have to decide to choose to fight this battle. And I've said it a hundred times, and I know you're probably sick of it, but that means that it's time to do simple things, not necessarily complicated things. Listen to these speeches today, uh, segments of speeches, and think about, you know, is that message getting to my children or grandchildren? Do we really talk like this anymore? Is there any conversation that that uh, is, is thoughtful and makes the younger generation think about these things? We had a president in Ronald Reagan that spoke about spoke about it very eloquently, very simple um common threads within our our government our founding so again I, I have the first section i have is um part of the time for choosing speech just a short little uh part of it but what i want you to remember is we are in a wartime footing and listen to this from that mind mindset being internal enemies and not external enemy enemies now let's set the record straight there's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement, and this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement, and it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War, and someday, when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary, because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better read than death, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shotters around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay, there is a point beyond which they must not advance. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material complications. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. He said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. thousand years of darkness, he says there. So very interesting, especially if you put it on the we are in a wartime footing with the internal enemy um, being our own government at this point, being our media, being our uh, Hollywood, being our industries, being our universities. Um he talks about the whole concept of accommodation, and in that he's meaning uh, accommodating or accepting the ideals and principles and actions of of outside nation, outside nations, particularly the Soviet Union. He was referencing. Uh, however, again, wartime footing, internal enemy. What is accommodation? Accommodation is wearing these masks. Accommodation is accepting mandatory jab. Accommodation is accepting uh, trans athletes on women's teams. Accommodation is giving up your rights bit by bit. And he, he very strongly pointed out that when 
we are facing the enemy, that it means that we are being called to duty. So what is your duty? What Your duty, if you're a parent and you have uh, kids that are old enough to, to begin to understand these concepts, your duty is to educate them because the school is not doing it. Uh, if they are, you're very, very fortunate. Uh, so that's part of your duty. Part of your duty is the, the simple things that we can transfer over to our kids so that they can they can know what the, it's supposed to be. They can know what they have to accept and don't have to accept. Uh, and the tools that they need to address these things peacefully. You look at the, the accommodations that, that we have made as a society that have directly led to these school shootings, for example. We are guilty of those accommodations. It's not about guns. Guns have been around forever. When you and I went to school, nobody came in and shot up a school. Uh, I was just talking to my cousin about he brought his rifle to school, put it in his locker, and a kid wanted to borrow it to go hunting, so <laughs> the other kid came and took it, and nobody batted an eye. That's how we grew up. But we grew up that way because we had a family, because we had uh, we had a dad who would make sure that if you did something wrong, you didn't have a safe space. They didn't abuse you. They didn't beat you, but they certainly disciplined you. And now everybody has a safe space to run and hide to because they can't deal with ever being wrong. So part of this is the call to duty to counteract the internal enemy. So that, I think, really does a good job of summarizing what we face. And I hope that you are taking it upon yourself to accept that duty and to stand up and say, no more, no more masks, no more lies. Uh, how about let's hold these people accountable? Let's hold these people accountable. Let's put them in jail. Let's try them. Instead, you know, we're putting people in jail because... They post a nasty meme. We had a guy here. New York City finds Douglas Mackey guilty in first ever meme trial. <gasps> oh my God, he said ba something bad about Hillary Clinton. What country are we living in? This is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Me at the meantime, Kathy Griffin can hold Trump's decapitated head full of blood. They can do plays about shooting Trump. They can do plays about George W. Bush. They can, uh, <laughs> they, they have professors on the left who say things like, um, I think we should kill the people on the right because we disagree with them. And he gets suspended. Suspended? That's the very, very least. He should be shamed. He should be shunned. And they come up with this, as if we're the ones that are violent. We saw the January 6th hoax. It's a lie. It's an American Reichstag fire. Yet here they have, you know, they indicted Trump, so they have this. Every member of the New York Police Department, you got to be ready because those crazy right-wingers are going to come out and be violent. Really? Are we the ones that burned the Department of Public Safety building down a couple weeks ago? Are we the ones that rioted all in the summer of love and lit federal buildings on fire. We're the ones who assaulted people then, killed people then, 40 people. It's a joke. And the media is a joke. And it's time that we ex just say no. And it's time that we demand our freedom and our individual liberty. So I'm going to give you some more about these simple, simple things and the way they were ex expressed so eloquently this uh, this grouping is just about the concept of freedom. Fellow Americans, on Monday, America will celebrate her 207th birthday. I love the 4th of July. I enjoy picnics and fireworks and long summer days. And I get excited with the thought that millions of our people all across our great country will, on this 4th of July weekend, join together in thinking about freedom and the men and women who sacrificed to make it our inheritance. It's recorded that... Shortly after the Declaration of Independence was signed in Philadelphia, celebrations took place throughout the land, and many of the former colonists, they were just starting to call themselves Americans, set off cannons and marched in fife and drum parades. 
but a contrast with the sober scene that has taken place a short time earlier in Independence Hall. Fifty-six men came forward to sign the parchment. It was noted at the time that they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honors. That was more than rhetoric. Each of those men knew the penalty for high treason to the crown. We must all hang together, Benjamin Franklin said, or assuredly we will all hang separately. And John Hancock, it is said, wrote his signature in large script so King George could see it without his spectacles. They were brave. They stayed brave through all the bloodshed of the coming years. Their courage created a nation built on a universal claim to human dignity on the proposition that every man, woman, and child had a right to a future of freedom. For just a moment, let us listen to the words again. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Today, as veterans, you are still defending freedom. Whether it's supporting adequate defense budgets, or aid to the freedom fighters in Nicaragua, or teaching young America's young people the meaning of our precious rights through your Voice of Democracy program. The members of the VFW are still on the front lines, still leading the charge, and still showing what true patriotism really means. Freedom is important to all of us. As someone who spent many years making speeches, I've quoted many definitions of freedom, some very moving and eloquent. But I've always liked George Orwell's blunt and unadorned statement. He said, freedom is the right to say no. There's something kind of happily rebellious about that definition. And I thought of it this morning because I decided this year's recipients of the Medal of Freedom are distinguished by this. You're a group of happy rebels. In your careers and in the way you've lived your lives, you've all said no, a most emphatic no, to mediocrity, to averageness, to timidity. You've said no to the rules of the game and the regulations of the day. You've said no to the conventional wisdom, no to the merely adequate, no to the limits and limitations on yourselves and others. You're all originals. You've all made America better, a better place, and you've made it seem a better place in the eyes of the people of the world. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, and freedom is special and rare. It's fragile. It needs production. My fellow Americans, we're known around the world as a confident and a happy people. Tonight, there's much to celebrate and many blessings to be grateful for. So while it's good to talk about serious things, it's just as important and just as American to have some fun. Now, let's have some fun. Let the celebration begin. So what have you done to say no? Are you saying no loudly enough? Are you saying no in the right way? Those are questions that, you know, I don't know the answer to, but my encouragement is to do as President Reagan said, and that is, to say no, just say no to the uh, latest and greatest tyrannical demand, and tyranny is a great word for it. Um, we've seen we've seen tyrannical decisions being made. We've seen intolerance of ideas. Instead of the trans people uh, getting, as they as they like to say, getting discriminated against or having violent acts done towards them, um, we're seeing Christians are the ones who are being persecuted. Um, we, we came so far in as a country in race relations and in accepting alternative lifestyles. But did we come too far? And that's a question I leave for you. In our war, our internal struggle here, did we appease to a point that it is it has really become um, eroding, corrosive to the freedoms of others. I think that answer is yes. I think we have. I think that not one of us would, for example, 
be be opposed to having a separate trans league for for people to be in sports and and those sorts of things. Um, but certainly not to infringe upon the rights of the girls that are wanting to participate. And that's an example of appeasement. In my mind, it's an example of appeasement that has gone too far. And who is there to take advantage of this? Who is there to make sure that they're going to rub both sides up and they're going to they're going to cause friction and they're going to pit people against each other? Um, I am saying that we should all say no to those things are, that infringe upon our rights. Uh, but I'm not saying that you should never get along with people. I'm not saying that it comes at the expense of other people's freedoms. That's what they do. They like to take away the freedoms of the people they disagree with. Or in the case of that professor in Michigan, they will even tell people to murder the people they don't agree with. And that is, violence is a product of the left. It has always been that way. Whether you're talking about Nazi Germany or communist China or Russia, the Soviet Union, uh, it's always been that way. Because we, on our side believe in principles and living principles. We also believe in a higher power, which obviously has a uh, code of, of um, behavior. And that used to be a common thing, but it's not anymore. And that's why, in my opinion, we're witnessing so many um, things like school shootings and so many failures within the families and, and those things. So, so the next word that we're going to talk about is tyranny. And tyranny we have seen in many forms, as I've discussed at the beginning of the show. But I do like uh, Ronald Reagan's uh, concept and the whole vision that he has around it. So let's listen to that. And to every person trapped in tyranny, whether in the Ukraine, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, Cuba, or Vietnam... We send our love and support and tell them they are not alone. Our message must be your struggle is our struggle, your dream is our dream, and someday you too will be free. As, as Pope John Paul told his beloved Poles, we are blessed by divine heritage. We are children of God and we cannot be slaves. History shows that it is precisely when totalitarian regimes begin to decay from within, it is precisely when they feel the first real stirrings of domestic unrest that they seek to reassure their own people of their vast and unchallengeable power through imperialistic expansion or foreign adventure. So the era ahead of us is one that will see grave challenges and be fraught with danger. Yet it's one that I firmly believe will end in the triumph of the civilized world and the supremacy of its beliefs in individual liberty, representative government, and the rule of law under God. And that's why we must now summon all the nations of the world to a crusade for freedom, and a global campaign for the rights of the individual. I look at you and I know I'm looking at people who have seen and suffered the full gamut of totalitarian terror. Some of you lost friends and loved ones in your struggles. And some of you risk your lives and all your earthly belongings. And you will bear scars for the rest of your life. You are men and women of courage. Heroes who have devoted a lifetime to struggle for God's greatest gift, for freedom. And for that, I can only say I'm honored to be here with you today, and I'll be proud to stand by you always. Today, the goals of our foreign policy are the same as they have been for the last four decades. We stand against totalitarianism, particularly imperialist expansionist totalitarianism. We are for democracy and human rights, and we are for a worldwide prosperity that only free economies can give, and the pursuit of human happiness that only political freedom allows. Tyrants tyrannize because that's what they do for a living. But the ungodly force called tyranny 
still cannot rid the human soul of its freedom no matter how hard it may try. Tyrants can defy the benefits of, or deny the benefits, I should say, of freedom to their peoples, can kill freedom by killing free people. But freedom itself they cannot have. For one thing, people like you won't allow it, nor will that higher being allow it. Our greatest freedom, the freedom to choose right from wrong, cannot be willed away by the tyrants. For God has given all humankind the gift of knowing right from wrong and the responsibility to choose between them. This, my friends, is the essence of freedom, that we follow the biblical admonition, I have set before you life and death, therefore choose life. That tyranny is a parasite that saps the strength of a nation in its sway, that like those who lived under Macbeth's tyranny, the tyrannized millions will ever cry out. Our country sinks beneath the yoke, it weeps, it bleeds, and each new day a gash is added to her wounds. Tyranny fails, freedom works. These facts so little accepted only a decade ago are now indisputable. To all those trapped in tyranny, wherever they may be. Let us speak with one voice, not as Republicans or Democrats, but as Americans, saying, you are not alone. Your dreams are not in vain. Hold on to your dreams because the tide of the future is a freedom tide and totalitarianism cannot hold it back. Right versus wrong. I prefer good versus evil, and that's really the battle we're in today. Tyranny, uh, one of the key points there I would just point out and uh, underline, underscore, is that uh, freedom is in our soul. It is something we aren't granted. It is something we come into this world with. That, I think, is a uh, perspective that a lot of people have lost. We look to the government to say yay or nay. Um, but it's not about that. It's about right from wrong, good versus evil. It's about we are free to choose which path we're going to go down and which which uh, path we're going to accept. And we have done not done a good enough job communicating that we are born with these freedoms. These freedoms are given to us given to us by God, by a higher higher power. Uh, so we're we're not to sit on the sidelines and wait for some alarm or signal that hey now it's time to get in the game and i think that we've been we've <laughs> repeatedly sounded this alarm and there's just i don't know at what point it becomes um a, a non-choice at what point it becomes mandatory a duty what when do people get it but i think we're close and i think we're real close because i think that with the economy and the difficulties that are coming along with the economy, that people will start to now individually suffer more so than anyone in this country has for a long, long time. And I think that maybe that will be the point in time that people realize they need to step up and say no. I'm going to take a quick break and be right after this. All right, we are going to continue on. I have a, uh, a brief segment from Ola. Watma, and this we're going to start talking about the kids, children, and uh, Reagan has some things to say about that. First, something from Ola. Today, I received a survey, 2024 National Illegal Alien Election Impact Survey. Only American citizens should be allowed to vote in U.S. elections. Like, I read this, and I'm thinking, why waste the time, energy, and money sending out these surveys? It should be a given. Only U.S. citizens should be allowed to vote. And the only reason the Biden administration and these crazies in Washington are allowing illegals and are pushing for this is to destroy, destruct, and take over America. It's up to freedom fighters 
pro-Americans to stand up and speak up against this because it's time to save America and the time is now. I mean, something so critical as a vote, you have to be a U.S. citizen. I'm in New York. You don't have to show an ID. That has to change as well. You should show an ID. You have to be a U.S. citizen and it's time to save America and that time is now. Speak up. Never give up. Never give in. God bless. Amen, Ola. I tell you, she is a firebrand in her own right. She always has something to say that uh, that motivates me, and she is uh, very, very active on probably one of the platforms you would least suspect, and that is LinkedIn. Uh, you can really follow her her work there, and um, she's a true patriot. And again, the enemy from within, we are on a wartime footing, and one of the fronts we are indeed fighting is the border, both borders, the influx of of um, illegal aliens that we um, we just can't we just can't seem to get a handle on because the people that are in power right now don't want to get a handle on so where am I going with this well no matter what we're talking about there's one group of people who are the victims who are going to suffer the most and those are the people that we care most about our children our grandchildren they're going to suffer the most. The rest of us, people my age, we haven't we haven't got too terribly long, but they do. And what what uh, this tyranny is going to do to them should make you sick. It should get you to stand up and do something. It should make you say, "Hell no, we're not going to tolerate this." Whether it's the border, whether it's the the things that I've mentioned regarding COVID, and um, whether it's globalism, you know, it's it's insanity. And I do have an excerpt from Ronald Reagan that um, talks about children. It talks about more than children, but I view it as a message that is really appropriate for kids of the right age. And, of course, the kids are individuals, so you can decide that. But I think that what he's got to say is, is really perfect for that group. Now we have arrived, as we always do, at the moment of truth. It is time to clean house, to clean out the privileges and perks, clean out the arrogance and the big egos, clean out the scandals, the corner cutting and the foot dragging. Let's not dismiss our current troubles, but where they see only problems, I see possibilities as vast and diverse as the American family itself. Whether we come from poverty or wealth, Christian or Jewish, from big cities or small towns, we are all equal in the eyes of God. That's not enough. We must be equal in the eyes of each other. We can no longer judge each other on the basis of what we are, but must instead start finding out who we are. Our origins matter less than our destinations, and that's what democracy is all about. We can assert that the time has come to move forward. Let us leave behind suspicion between our peoples and replace it with understanding. It's a philosophy you can live by. In fact, I hope you do. As a matter of fact, I believe with all my heart that if a generation of young people throughout the world could get to know each other, they would never make war upon each other. That no force on earth can stop individuals from achieving great goals when they have the will and the heart to pull together and work together. It's good for society when we all know that no one is manipulating the system to their advantage because they're rich and powerful. But it's also good for society when everyone pays something, that everyone makes a contribution. We must not let the creation of wealth become a preoccupation with material things. We've made so much economic progress in our country that it'll mean very little if your children look back at your days as a time of materialism and selfishness and looking out for number one. But money's only money unless it represents genuine commitment. There's an old American tradition called house raising. The pioneers out west would get together and build each other's houses. That was a long time ago, but it's still going on. 
Every time someone helps a lonely old man or woman in a shelter for the poor, that's a house raising. I wish you a nation of strength and wealth and power. But more than that, I wish you a nation where the house raising continues. Remarkable things are happening everywhere. People of all nations, people of all races and faiths have learned to live in harmony. Our children have been able to grow up in prosperity and freedom. It falls to us now, as it soon shall fall to you, to preserve and strengthen the peace. Surely no man can have a greater goal than that of protecting the next generation against the destruction and pain of warfare. But what's really important is what inspired us to do these things. What's really important is the philosophy that guided us. The whole thing can be boiled down to a few words. Freedom, freedom, and more freedom. But whatever you do with it, you will be the one who's doing the doing. You will make the decisions. You will have the autonomy. I know a fellow who once bought into a little hamburger stand out west. He's just a regular guy, but he worked hard and advertised, and the little stand prospered. You may have heard of it. It's called McDonald's. Hope finds its expression in hard work. Our, our proudest moments are yet to be. Our most glorious achievements are just ahead. And no matter how full our own lives have been, we say with Thomas Jefferson, I like the dreams of the future better than the history of the past. Let us all renew our commitment, renew our pledge to day by day, person by person, make our country and the world a better place to live. May every dawn be a great new beginning. We are beginning still. Every day brings fresh challenges and opportunities to match. Go for it. Reach those heights. Excel. Keep it up. Keep on saying yes to life. Never forget your heroic origins. Never fail to seek divine guidance and never lose your natural God-given optimism. Enjoy your freedom. Breathe it in. Use it to create the most important and moving thing a man or woman can create. A decent and meaningful life. May each of you have the heart to conceive, the understanding to direct, and the hand to execute works that will make the world a little better for your having been here. So we've come full circle. We're back to the point we began with, which is freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. That is where it's at. So we have to, first of all, understand that we are born with this freedom. This freedom is given to us by God, not a government, not a tyrannical government that's trying to control our every every decision in, in everyday life, not a tyrannical government who wants to take away your money and put in nothing but digital currency that they control. So they can shut off your financial uh, ability to pay for food if you don't behave. That is where we're headed. So before our children can say yes to life, they have to say no to tyranny. They have to understand that they have the freedom that is in, that they inherited, that they that they have, they've been born with, and that nobody can take away if they don't allow it. So before they can say yes, before they can say yes to life, before they can understand that they can succeed and that it does take some work, they have to understand that they have to say no to tyranny and that they're the ones in, in control of their destiny and their freedom. So my question for you is, how far down the road do we go before we realize that we are just allowing our children to grow up to face a bigger problem? We are allowing them to grow up to have to try to restore freedom. That we should do. That you should do. That's our duty. Uh, we, don't, we don't want our children or grandchildren living in a world where the concepts that we talked about today are not talked about or seem impossible or seem out of date or out of fashion because they're not. They're not. And... It's, it's always funny to me when someone argues the Constitution is this old, old document and that it needs to change because we're a cooler, hipper, happier uh, individual, you know, uh, 
self-gratifying lifestyle group of people. Those ideals and principles don't get old. They don't get outdated. They are the battle of right versus wrong. They are the battle of good versus evil. They are the tools of good. We are born free, and we are born with individual liberty. We are, we are not necessarily a, a part of a larger whole. We are part of a larger whole in the sense that we believe in the same principles as people who love freedom believe in. We are not a, a unit of robots that uh, tolerates tyranny and just goes along to get along. Those days are over. We have to pick up the, the mantle and go forward and preserve freedom. That's the best legacy that you can leave. If you're sitting and you're thinking about, man, time has gone fast, time has gone by, I'm 50-some years old now, um, no one's going to remember me in two or three generations, three or four generations, whatever that is. But what legacy can you leave that is the most valuable legacy anybody can leave? And that is that you defend freedom and you help the people that follow you have those same freedoms and abilities to make something of themselves, enjoy life, have a good family, create love in the world. And that's what it really comes down to. So lastly, I have a video that is, to me, very, very moving and a more motivational one. And um, I have, let's see, in, this is on individual freedom again and liberty. So let's take a look at this one. I'll be right back. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses, or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bello Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. 
We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Hopefully you found today's show motivational and thought-provoking. I do love to hear from you. So again, you can email me at redbloodedpatriots with an S, redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. Now there's another gentleman who's speaking about um, what we have to do, the current state of things, and and uh, what we have to stand up and fight for. And then that person, of course, is President Trump. And as you know, they have indicted him. And we all know that it's just as phony as the Russia hoaxes, the impeachment hoaxes. Uh, we know that uh, Bill Clinton, for example, did the same type of thing and what they call hush money. But for him, they don't call it that, right? But he got nothing. And, you know, what we're looking at is just a, a bunch of false flags and and quite honestly, internal warfare. That's what you have to understand. We know that we're at war, but but uh, we're just kind of, <laughs> I think as a group, just kind of coming uh, coming into the to, into reality where they have been fighting this war for years, tearing down America, and and uh, they're quite along the path, and we need to stand up and uh, and make sure that they don't win. And fortunately, they are so stupid to think we're stupid. But we're not, and they're going to find out, and we are going to be victorious. We just have to say no. We just have to understand that we are born with freedom and individual liberty, and we don't look at them to beg for it. So I'm going to go out uh, this week's show and uh, just play some some final words from President Trump. But now, we are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in 50 years. And where the stock market finished the worst first half of the year since 1872. Likewise, we are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history. We are no longer energy independent or energy dominant. And we were just there two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, Russia, and many others for oil. Please, please, please help us, Joe Biden says. Yet we have more liquid gold right under our feet than any other country in the world. We are a nation that is consumed by the radical left's Green New Deal, yet everyone knows that the Green New Deal will lead to our destruction. We are a nation whose leaders are demanding all electric cars, even though they can't go far, cost too much, and whose batteries are produced in China with materials only available in China when unlimited amounts of gasoline are available inexpensively in the United States, but not available in China. We are a nation that ended oil exploration and production in the United States of America, just as the price of oil reached an all-time high. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. It would never have happened with me as your Commander-in-Chief, and for four long years, it never did happen. And China with Taiwan, their circling is next. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've got a Federal Bureau of Investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public. 
where Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation when they knew it wasn't, and a Department of Justice that refuses to investigate egregious acts of voting irregularities and fraud. And we have a president who's cognitively impaired and in no condition to lead our country, which may very well end up very soon in World War III. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is all you get. And they are indeed the enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions of dollars it has taken from us to build a military to rival our own. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, and North Korea in check. They weren't going to do a thing against us, and everyone knows it. They respected your leader, and they respected our country. And perhaps most importantly, we are a nation that is no longer respected. We are a nation that is no longer listened to around the world. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty, freedom, and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the very bottom of every single list. We are a nation where large packs of criminals and thieves are allowed to go into stores and openly rob them, beat up the help, and kill people. They will kill people, and they kill them at will, if necessary, and even if not necessary. And there is no retribution. We are a nation whose once revered airports are a dirty, crowded mess, where you sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the plane won't leave, and they have no idea when they will, as a nation, when they will be delivered and when you will be delivered to your destination. It's a nation where ticket prices are through the roof. They don't have the pilots to fly the plane. They don't want or seek qualified air traffic controllers. And they don't know what the hell they're doing. We are a nation that has lost its confidence, its willpower, and its strength. We are a nation that has lost its way. But we are not going to let this continue. Two years ago, we were a great nation, and we will soon be a great nation again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. We will stand up to the radical left Democrats and the rhinos, and we will fight for America like no one has ever fought before. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot meet. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never, ever, ever give in. We will never give up. We will never, ever back down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. The silent majority is back and stronger than ever before. My fellow citizens, this incredible journey we are on together has only just begun. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious American nation. 
So with the help of everyone here today and citizens all across our land, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. Proud. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Michigan. God bless you all. Thank you, Michigan. Thank you very much.